If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's completely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Jacob Brown, joined here with C.J. Uri, and uh, we're doing our first pod in a while here. we got a bunch of NFL stuff to talk about, and uh, for fans of this show, we've been doing our other four podcasts in the meantime. That's why we've been taking a little bit of a hiatus on this one. We have Strictly Baseball, Strictly Hockey, Strictly Rangers, and Strictly Yankees all on YouTube. You can search it up at Strictly Sports Productions. They're all organized into playlists. And then we also have them on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of others as well. And of course, this podcast is on all those platforms as well. So CJ, it's been a while. Your Dolphins, they've been busy. How are you feeling today on uh, March 30th? feel very good. A um, ton of stuff going on in the sports world. It's been really good to listen to you uh, and to read about. I will say I was very... Uh, I didn't want to wait all the way until the draft and like a week before the draft or like even 48 hours before the draft to know what the Dolphins were doing, but I kind of accepted it that I would have to go through all of April waiting to see what's going to happen. And I couldn't stand um, all the Tua hate and, and all the, the Dolphins are, are, are going to move on from Tua and all these reporters who absolutely have no idea what they're talking about just put out clickbait stuff. And I've gotten to the point where I realized that Tua and just the name is clickbait. And it gets clicks, it gets views, and I don't think many of these people even believe what they're saying. But what the Dolphins did was absolutely genius. Um, they slotted back to 12, got two first-rounders from the 49ers, to then select, at the time, 10 first-round picks, and uh, spanning from, I believe, the 2019 draft all the way until the 2024 draft. So two picks a year. And then... They traded one away one of those picks to move back into the top 10 and go to 6. Essentially, what the Dolphins said was, taking a wide receiver or a skill position player at 3 isn't very smart. Let me back up a couple spots and get a wide receiver. I'll get the same guy at 6 and gain a first-round pick. I love it. It's beautiful business, and it's getting a ton of likes around the league. And it's great to be a Dolphins fan and have a, and have a competent front office, because I can't say that. I've had that ever in my life. You know, honestly, it's turned into a case where they're, they're becoming one of the most well-run organizations in the league, period. Um, they're kind of taking that Colts philosophy of, we're going to trade back, like you said. You know, if, you can't get, if you're going to get what you want at nine, you might as well just trade back. There's no point in having the higher pick. They've been doing that a lot. They make smart free agent acquisitions. They make smart trades. That's what they do really well. Not a lot of teams do all three of those things right. Draft well, sign well, trade well. The Dolphins have done all three well over the last year and a half, two years, under this new uh, administration, if you will, for the Dolphins. So it's been really great to see for them. They want to make the playoffs with Tua. And, uh, you know, you've been on text with me about, uh, you know, Colin Cowherd sitting there, you know, calling that Tua's going to be traded for three weeks. <laughs> you know, and he's still on Sam Darnold's high horse for some reason. Literally today, he's saying, oh, if I'm the uh, Panthers, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, giving Sam Darnold a chance. 
I think the Darnold hype is over based on all these moves that have been happening so far. I think I genuinely think that Sam Darnold went to possibly like the worst uh, environment he could have gone. I mean, he went to an Adam Gaze team. Adam Gaze is not a locker room leader, and he's not a head coach that's going to garner uh, any support from your team, really. Uh, and Darnold also went to just a lousy organization, a very lousy team. Um, I'm sorry, but I think that that guy could like like needs a second chance. And now I'm not sitting here and saying that Colin Coward's right by any means, but I do believe that there is some sort of truth to the guy needs a second chance. But the thing is, is for these sports reporters, what they what I understand that all of it is about clicks and all of it's about views, and they post about things that they know they're going to get views about. When Colin says um, Sam Darnold needs to be traded or whatever, he's he he can be good. I hate that. I hate the negativity around Sam Darnold. He knows he's going to get a ton of comments. And a ton of retweets. It's the New York Jets. And then when he talks about Tua, it's Tua Tagovailoa, who's been one of the most famous college quarterbacks in the last decade. And one of the most household names going into last year's draft. Even, you know, people who don't really watch sports knew who the guy was. He knows it's going to get clicks. So I stopped stopped reading into all that stuff. But regardless... uh, I do think that there's a little bit of truth about Sam Darnold. I do think that he needs to move on and get a second chance. And I think he will eventually move on. I do think that they're going to move Sam Darnold before the draft. Um, I think that they'll trade him away for like a second round pick of that same year uh, to a team. And I think that that'll be good business for the Jets, to be honest. It'll be good for Sam Darnold. I think both parties, whoever it is, will, will benefit. And I do think ultimately they're going to take Zach Wilson at two. Yeah, I agree. I mean, my, my dad's a Jets fan. He wants Zach Wilson more than any of the other guys. I think I agree with him on, you know, if you're talking, obviously Trevor's at number one, at least, I guess not according to Adiel, I guess, because he's telling us that Justin Fields is going to be better than uh, than Elsa, Trevor Lawrence. But anyway, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Zach, Darnold, uh, Zach uh, Wilson, he's a really good quarterback. He thro- He's a gunslinger almost. He throws like a shortstop in baseball. He's great on the run. He's also mobile other than throwing the ball on the run. He can also run, period. Uh, obviously, people point to, oh, he was at BYU. Who cares? The dude has the tools. And I think with a team that has as much cap space as the Jets do, getting a new head coach in, you know, we'll see how they do with him. But they clearly failed with Sam Darnold. It wasn't the right time to get a franchise quarterback because they weren't ready for one. They never seemed to be ready for one uh, if, uh, as a Jets organization. So, um, you know, I hope it works out genuinely with Zach Wilson because that fan base has been through a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the, I, I find the most outdated argument is like the the level of competition that that a guy will play at uh, against. I'm I'm like, who cares? He he beat who was in front of him. He played well against who who was in front of him. Uh, so why do you care? Josh Allen went to Wyoming. Joe Flacco went yeah. to University of Delaware. The list goes on. Right. I mean, Wentz I mean, went to North Dakota. Yeah, Randy Moss went to. I think Randy Moss went to Marshall. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like we're sitting here, and you know, like, like in all honesty, if you pull up the list of Group of Five talents again in, in Power Five talents in the NFL, there's a ton of names that people don't realize were Group of Five. I could start Antonio Brown, Central Michigan, uh, Devontae Adams, Fresno State, um, Aaron Jones was UTSA, Trey yeah. Hendrickson, who just got a sixty million dollar bag, went to FAU. I mean, the list goes on. So I think this whole competition thing and what these people are saying on TV, like, oh, Justin Fields, he played at Ohio State and the Big Ten or whatever. I'm like, 
Look at the teams in the Big Ten in the last couple of years. He plays yeah. Rutgers once a year. <laughs> Rutgers is horrible. Yeah. Like every other team for the most part is like not all yeah, that Michigan good. Michigan State's not what they were. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, you get Michigan yeah. to worry about and they beat them every year. Yeah. I do think, though, that there's a, there is something going on with this Justin Fields thing because everyone's given Zach Wilson hype. Everybody today gave Mac Jones hype. And I know it was his pro day, but even before that, I mean, you had Kyle Shanahan fly into Alabama. You had the Bill Belichick there. You had everybody there at this pro day. And I'm sorry, Mac Jones looked awful. He looked absolutely terrible. I don't know if you saw the clips. He looked horrible. There was a point where the ball hit the roof. He was trying too hard. He overthrew receivers. It just was not a good day for him. I do think that he will be a decent quarterback in this league. But he's people have to stop the whole he is in the conversation with Fields and Wilson. I do think that this that Fields, the teams aren't talking about Fields, the Jets aren't talking about Fields, a lot of the insiders for the Jets aren't talking about Fields, 49ers could be in play for Fields, but I feel like there's something going on there, and Fields might be the second quarterback off the board. And he could be, I just, uh, Fields worries me. I mean, he's he looks good at times. Listen, he beat up Clemson, who they have this big mantra about them, oh, they're, they're Clemson. Their secondary's not good. It wasn't this year, at least. Then when he rolls up national championship plays Bama, he looked terrible. So, uh, or you know, below average, I should say. You know, he wasn't terrible, but he didn't look like he did against Clemson. I think he was supported by that roster. He had basically an NFL team surrounding him. Uh, you know, let's see what he does in the NFL. I, I would certainly take Zach Wilson over him every day. And as far as Mac Jones go, I think he's closer to Kyle Trask than he is to the top quarterbacks. Yeah. He's he's like a notch above Kyle Trask to me because they're both big guys with big arms. But I feel like if you put Trask on that Alabama team, he'd have Mac Jones stats. So the hype around these quarterbacks, it really, a lot of it surrounds their, who, they're, who they played with in college. And it's all about this media superiority, just like they do in the rankings. Oh, you can only be highly appraised if you were with a, a, a college football playoff team or a conference winner. Other than that, we're going to question you. It's that elitist college football mentality. If the guy has the tools, give him a chance. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I fully agree with that. And another name that you know gained a ton of popularity and traction after his pro day, Trey, Trey Lance, Lance. Yeah. Who uh, Albright, uh, one of the draft analysts, I'm forgetting his first name. That might be Jeremy or Benjamin Albright, something like that. Um, but I know that his last name is Albright. He's an elite draft mind, uh, and he's got a ton of information. And I always lean on some of the things that he's saying. And he said definitively. Hey, Trey Lance was great. That's awesome and all. But if you're a team, you're going to need to trade up to three to get him. Oh. And that makes me believe that there's some teams that covet Trey Lance. Um, and San they Francisco. might have to pay some sort of a, a, a ransom to get up there and get it. Right. I think that this is a very interesting draft. I thought last year's draft was extremely interesting. But it's nowhere near the, the level of this draft because there's so many moving parts in this isn't a stacked in offensive line draft. This isn't a stacked D-line draft. It's super stacked on quarterback. It's super stacked on skill position players. And that's fun. That's super fun. Uh, I think that this is going to be a great draft. And a lot of these transactions recently increased the hype. You got you saw guys from all around sports media and on, on Twitter, and they were like, wow. Like, this is NBA deadline, NBA <laughs> free agency type stuff here. I yeah. love this. Give me more of it. And I think we will see a little bit more of it come draft day with the Sam Darnold trade that I think might come uh, and whatnot. But I also wouldn't be surprised if the Jets decided to take Penai Sewell 
and then put him next to, you know, whatever, add him to that O-line, keep Darnold. I mean, then you have an elite O-line. Right, because so. they drafted O-line last year. So Mackie I could, backed him. Mackay right, backed him. That's what it, yeah. So yeah, they could definitely do that. I think, you know, it's smart. Build a line before you get the QB, but then it's like, who's your QB? So we'll see. Um, but now let's go to some of these free agent moves. We're way behind on this stuff, so just bear with us. J.J. Watt to the Arizona Cardinals. We're just going to give, like, quick observations on all these players. Um, obviously, he's a veteran. He's He used to be an elite defensive end, one of the best sackers in the NFL. To me, he's past his prime. I think everyone knows this. But the bottom line is, is he brings a presence to that defense, especially with Patrick Peterson leaving, who's a vet, to bring in another guy who knows what he's doing out there. Things aren't going to show up on the stat sheet with J.J. Watt necessarily like they used to, but his impact on the overall defense, I think, is going to be really, really positive for Arizona. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I totally agree. I do believe that if J.J. Watt stays healthy, I think that he can he can regain a portion of that elite form and, and pitch in for, let's say, close to like 10 sacks, 11 sacks, 12 sacks, and at that point he's more than lived up to it because you're right, he's past his prime. Um, but, yeah, I, I am with you. I, I think it's more of a you got a leader in the locker room, you have a leader on the field, a guy like Kyler Murray who isn't the most vocal guy right. out there, uh, you know, can 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 – Definitely learn from some veteran leadership, and I think it's a great—I think it's a great signing for them in terms of that. Uh, he's had injury problems, but I would say that it's a good piece of business. Uh, add something that was much needed—a little bit more pressure on that D line, and maybe they get the ball back to Kyler more because uh, a lot of teams were having some long drives there against them and keeping Kyler Murray off the field because uh, that defense just wasn't all that in terms of creating pressure. Yeah. Uh, next move we have here. Uh, Tyrell Williams to the Detroit Lions really quick. You know, just a, they lost Galladay. They lost Jones. Needed a receiver. They got Tyrell. Mark Ingram to the Houston Texans. Um, okay, cool. Uh, nothing they do really changes where they're going to be. Even if they don't trade Deshaun Watson, they might not have him. I don't think we need to really go into that. It's been all over the place. I don't know what's going on. Cedar doesn't know what's going on. I don't think anyone does. So we're not really going to comment on that. Um, but let's move on here to the the Miami Dolphins trade. Uh, Bernardrick McKinney traded from the Texans to the Dolphins in exchange for Shaq Lawson. Uh, what do you think of that move? I think it's a great move. Uh, I didn't think Shaq Lawson was all that last year. I think a lot of his stats were um, they they were I don't know they were kind of masked by a lot of Ogba. Ogba had a breakout season last year. Shaq Lawson was on the other side of that that line. Appreciate his service. I think he, he was really he was well liked in the locker room, but in terms of the contract, just wasn't there. Uh, I think McKinney is your run stuffer. He's the guy who will fly through that hole and meet whoever it is that's coming through the hole. I think it's a great signing. Genuinely, am happy with it. I think McKinney will play tons of snaps. All right, so we're going to go on a little bit of a Patriots role here. Um, they did a lot. Um, they let go of some people. They also gained a lot of people too. So Trent Brown, they got him back from Vegas. Um, weird, still weird saying Vegas, but they got Trent Brown back, left for a year. Now they get him back, spruce up that O-line. However, they lost Joe Thune and they lost Marcus Cannon. So those were big guys on the O-line, but still they're bringing Trent Brown back, which is nice. You look at the other stuff that New England did, they bring in Matt Judon. I was really impressed with Matt Judon in the playoffs, specifically this year for Baltimore on that defense. He's now with New England. Hunter Henry, tight end, along with, uh, Jonu Smith. So New England. Two tight ends set. I love both moves. Um, Jalen Mills, nice defensive safety. I believe he's a safety. 
uh, from Philadelphia. They get him in. They add Devon Godshaw. They add Kendrick Bourne as a wide receiver. Nelson Aguilar at wide receiver. Henry Anderson goes to the Patriots. So the Patriots made a lot of moves. And obviously they re-signed Cam Newton as well. But what does this actually do? Because they lose two offensive linemen. They gain one. Then they lose some on defense, but they gain a little bit. And then they give you little pieces on offense for Cam. I'm still not wowed by their roster. They made a lot of good moves. But this, they don't scream playoff team to me anymore. They just got some nice pieces. I think I, I actually really like their defense this year. I think their defense is going to keep them in a, in a ton of games. They're, I don't think they're ever going to get blown out. I True, do, yeah. I do think that... They brought Van Noy back as well, by the way. Yeah, yeah, they did bring back Van Noy, which I liked Van Noy, but... He wasn't good for you, yeah. It was, just a, it, was, <laughs> it was just a crazy contract, but anyway, I, I agree. I, I think they're going to be a middle-of-the-road team, and this is just not where you want to be. So unless... That they filled a couple of these holes because they felt like you know they had a ton of holes at skill position, right? And they did right. sign some skill guys, right? John Smith, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Hunter Henry. I think you know you got some ball catchers now uh, in terms of people who can separate. I guess Nelson Aguilar, you know, cool. And Kendrick Bourne seems to be an underrated guy. They let Thune walk. They let Andrews walk. Right. You know, so but you got Trent Brown in. So how much of a upgrade to the line is that? Is that I don't know. Belichick's always good with the line, though. Um, I don't know. I think that they're going to be middle of the road team. Now we have 17 games. I think they're going to be like nine and eight, eight and nine. Yeah, maybe yeah. seven and ten, something it, like that. Right. They're going to be like they were last year, except a notch above, where it's like you still don't want to play them. You know, it, it, you know, you're going to get if you, if you're basically the Patriots are going to get their wins against coaches that are more inexperienced, who have kind of even rosters. So. I mean, trying to think of some teams. Well, they'll go 1-1 one and one versus Buffalo and Miami, I think, at the very least. They'll beat the Jets, you know, but going up, like, say they play Cincinnati, they'll win a game like that. Say they go up against Cleveland, I think it'll be close just because Stefanski against Belichick. It's going to be – Belichick's actually a big part of this Patriots team. How much does he actually mean? I think this year will be more of a barometer for that, but they're going to do something at quarterback for the future as well. We got to see that too. I think Bill did all these moves because he was excited to coach these guys, and these guys is who, who he wanted to coach. And maybe he's sitting there like, "I love my roster, and I think this is the roster that I'm going to get to the playoffs with." And in that case, I wouldn't be surprised regardless. Yeah, I, I think mean, that they're more of in that range of like middle of the road than they are a playoff team. But the thing is, is who could ever be like surprised if Bill Belichick leads his team to the playoffs? So yeah, no, it's it's Bill Belichick at the end of the day. Um, so I'm going to look at the so Kevin Zietler leaves the Giants was uh, the Giants struggle at guard um, and now he's gone so he's he goes to Baltimore great addition for them when you have a quarterback like Lamar that runs all over the place you need an offensive lineman or you need a good offensive line Kevin Zietler very effective for the Giants last year it's honestly a tough blow because now the Giants they were already probably 18 to 20 offensive line in the league. Gets a little lowered here. You know, they have Andrew Thomas' second year. That's going to be nice. Nate Solder coming back at right tackle, although he's switching positions. He had a bad year at left tackle, takes a year off. Now he's at a different position. How does that work out? Giants still have Will Hernandez, but they're going to draft offensive linemen, in my opinion, at 11, unless they get really lucky and someone, you know, really bigs there and they're like, hey. But I feel like since they got Kenny Galladay, and we could shift to the Giants for a second, they get Kenny Galladay, they get a Dory Jackson at corner, I think they're fine in terms of offense. They have Sterling, Shepard. They have Slayton, who Daniel Jones really likes. Evan Ingram's good. They signed Kyle Rudolph. Saquon's coming back. 
to me, upgrade the O-line because you're fine. Even though they lost Dalvin Tomlinson as well, he goes to Minnesota. He was a good D-tackle for them. Giants just signed Danny Shelton. I, I love the Adoree Jackson thing. You pair him up with Bradbury at corner, Julius Peppers at safety. Suddenly you look at that secondary for the Giants. It's good. That defensive line, who knows? That's going to, you know, there's a lot of young guys there. They obviously re-signed Leonard Williams, who is a beast. He's got to replicate that now that he's got the big contract, been an inconsistent player during his career. Um, and for Jets fans, they probably hate him. I know my dad is like, really? He plays in the same stadium for a different team, and now he's getting a $65 million contract? Of course it works that way for the Jets. But I like this Giants team, and I think this this offseason was Daniel you have the offensive tools. We're going to draft you another lineman. We got you a corner, another corner. Two years in a row, we've, we've signed corners. There's still a draft to be done where they can upgrade little patches here and there. The Giants team is good. This is it for Daniel Jones to me. If he can't do it, it's over to me because I already don't like him in the first place. Yeah. Um, look, you made a great point with the with the O line. Uh, it is a little bit weird that they let him walk, but they did give a ton of money to a skill position. With the young Daniel Jones, you want to have the best O line possible. I will say though, this this draft for O line is just not good. No, it's so not. So it's after after Penai Sewell and Rashawn Slater, who are phenomenal O linemen, it just gets bleak afterward. Okay. So the good thing about the Giants is they're probably sitting there and go the two toughest positions to, to, to nail, we kind of nailed. We've got Andrew Thomas on one end, and then we've got Solder on the other. Right. right? So we, we're we confident in Hernandez, and then we can build we, we can build around a couple guys that we get in the draft and plug and play, right. and we can get by that way. Right. Fantastic. Fine. You get Saquon back next year. you got Kenny Galladay. I personally think at 11, you are looking at a Micah Parsons from Penn State who's just Absolutely incredible, and in my opinion, without all the legal issues he's faced, the top six to eight talent in the draft and should be drafted there accordingly. I think that he might fall to an 11, but I can also see following to an 11 because I think the first four or four to five picks in the draft are going to be quarterback. So I think you're going to, have, you're going to see Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Lance in that four, and maybe even a Mac Jones in the five. At that point, all of your, all of your, uh, o line are there. All of your skill positions are there, and you're six picks away. Right. So you would have a a, a a insane prospect fall to you, like a potentially a Devonta Smith, potentially a Kyle Pitts, potentially yeah. Jamar Chase, potentially Jalen Waddle. Where you're sitting there, you go, How he's right there. Right? How do I not? Right <laughs> for like, a low cost you, to get a, that guy. Like, you know, I didn't think that this guy was going to be there. He's there. Or like, let's say Rashawn Slater fell. Oh my god! I get the second best O lineman in the draft at eleven. This right. is crazy. Boom! I take it. I don't think Rashawn Slater and Penai Sewell will go out of the top ten. It's a potential with Slater, definitely not Sewell. But I think that at eleven, you can't just pick the next best O lineman on the board because there's a huge drop off after those two guys. If, right. the, if the, one of the premier skill position players are there at eleven, you, might you have take to do it, it and you run. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, because then you because really, if three fifths of your offensive line is fine. Okay, I mean, I've got weapons that can make up for that. Daniel Jones is mobile himself. I'll give him that. And this is actually interesting about Jones. I saw this on PFF. So per P there's three things. Per PFF, Daniel Jones ranks fifth in the NFL in passing grade on throws 10-plus yards downfield, trailing just Rodgers, Wilson, Brady, and Mahomes. Second one, highest passer rating on throws 20-plus yards 
Downfield in 2020, Daniel Jones, 132.5. Highest graded QBs on throws 20-plus yards downfield in 2020, Rodgers, Carr, Jones. And then Kenny Galladay, best receiver in the NFL catching deep balls. If that's actually accurate, because a lot of things can go into that, opportunities that Jones, maybe it's a low average because he has so little opportunities to throw downfield, he just happened to execute a lot of them, who knows? But to be looped in with names like that, Rodgers, Brady, Wilson, Mahomes, that, that's a good sign. Yep, absolutely. And here's the thing, the Giants aren't in a division like the Dolphins where it's like the Bills are really good and the Patriots are always good. Right. You have to get re, you have to get significantly better every offseason to, to compete. You're not in a division like the AFC North where you've got uh, the Bengals, the Browns, uh, the Steelers, and the Ravens who are all like, hey, we got our guy at quarterback. We're, right. we're going to build. Yeah. We're, like, we're going for the division. You know, The Giants are in a position where they're like, hey, everybody around us is rebuilding. Everybody around us has some suck to them. Maybe <laughs> yeah. we can get by with three-fifths of the online, and maybe I can get and maybe I can pair with with Kenny Galladay, a Kyle Pitts, or maybe I can pair with it, with him with a Jalen Waddle. And my offense is now Daniel Jones, Jalen Waddle, Kenny Galladay, and Saquon, Saquon. Barkley. <laughs> and and you've got yeah. two two good. You got a premier left tackle in the making, Andrew Thomas. You got a good right tackle in Solder. You got Hernandez right there that they're going to trust. At that point, you're sitting there and go, Daniel Jones, here you go, dude. Like Trump, like there it is. And at that point, you're sitting there as a Giants fan. You're like, I might have the best offense in the, the division. Now, Prescott's the best quarterback, but Jones might have the best weapons when that's all said and done. So that's 100%. what I'm saying. At 11, the Giants are going to have a huge... I, I think that 11 is a really good spot to be in right now because you can sit there and go, whoever falls in my lap, I just take it, take it. Just yeah. take it. Yeah, pretty much. Right? Yeah. So, and then let's say that Trey Lance or a Mac Jones fall out of the top 10 and there's a team that wants to slot up so bad... You say, we'll trade back to your pick. Give us your second rounder. Yeah. The Giants are in a great yeah, spot. Because the Giants have a lack of picks other than the first round, the Giants, so they might have to. The Giants are in a good spot. I think it's it's very exciting for your team, Jacob, and I do think that they're, they're going to get a pretty damn good prospect at 11. Because if let's say that one of the skill position guys don't fall to you, Micah Parsons will be there, and you add an electric player on defense, and he will bring the Meadowlands absolute joy, and he's going to get in the backfield. He's going to fly around and get that running back. And at that point, you're saying, like, hey, the the Reds, the Redskins, oh, my gosh, the the Washington football team last year added Chase Young to their roster. Hey, we're going to keep up with you guys. We're going to have Micah Parsons. He's damn good at at football. And we've now got our defensive guy on there that's going to fly around and make plays for us. Because at this point right now, I think the way the division's going is, sure, the Cowboys, you know, they have Prescott, but... I think the way the division going right now is Ron Rivera saying, like, I'm going to have the best defense at all times, and I'm going to have an offense that can, that can move the ball right. uh, periodically. Yeah, Fitzpatrick, the Giants big play. need to keep up with that because they don't yeah. want to run into a team where they've got all the weapons on offense, but the other team's got a damn good defense, and they'll grind us out. Yeah. So. No, it, it, again, it's, it's, it's Daniel Jones' year. He's got the tools. We don't even know the full, complete story yet, and, and we're, we're high on him. So Joe Thune, we mentioned him leaving the Patriots. He goes to the Chiefs. Chiefs cut two O-linemen, but they signed Thune. Uh, I like that a lot. Important guy. Um, so good for the Chiefs. Honestly, they're going to win the division and probably go to the Super Bowl again either way. So, I don't, you know, it, it is what it is with them. Um, Corey Davis and Carl Lawson to the Jets. Um, we mentioned, by the way, congrats FAU alum Trey Hendrickson getting the bag with Cincinnati. Um, they're not going to make the playoffs this year, but 
He'll be there when they are playoff eligible, that's for sure. Um, Rayshon Jenkins to the Jags. John Johnson, really good move. I like it to the Cleveland Browns. Weak secondary for them, but now they add a guy from the Rams, a good corner in uh, John Johnson, so I like that. And uh, CJ, whenever you feel like I'm putting, just uh, cut me off. And then uh, Ronald Darby to the Denver Broncos. They got them a defensive guy. Yannick Ngakwe to the Vegas Raiders, along with uh, Kenyon Drake. Um, their offseason's a little weird. Um, they let some guys go. You bring in Yannick. He's not necessarily the guy that everyone thought he would be this year, coming off an amazing year in Jacksonville. But, you know, Vegas, they like to go for the big names. That's just what they do. They also got John Brown as well uh, and Willie Sneed. So that, you know, Carr's getting weapons as well. Two running backs, Waller at tight end, three or four receivers. Um, so they were right on the, the bridge of making the playoffs. Who knows what they can do this year. Um, like I said, Dalvin Tomlinson to the Vikings. Uh, uh, I didn't mention earlier, Bud Dupree to the Titans as well. Danico Autry, great moves for them. We all knew Swiss cheese defense last year. You had to do something about it, especially with a Dory Jackson leaving, which is big, uh, big news for them. So uh, what else is here? Cameron Irving, longtime cowboy to the Panthers, Fitzpatrick to the football team. Don't get it. Felt like they should have went young. I get, you know, one-year buffer, but usually you want a one-year buffer when you have a replacement in line. I don't see where they can do that at the draft unless they trade up. Don't really get it for Washington. Maybe they trade for Darnold. Who knows? I get uh, it. I get it. I, get okay. why that, I think Fitzpatrick's playing the best football of his life right now. <laughs> and I know that he's off and on, but he can yeah. easily go win the NFC East right now. The I mean, NFC East, it's kind of sucky right now. I think their only competition would be a, a more complete Giants team. Yeah. And Fitzpatrick's like, hey, you give me the range for the whole year. I don't have any anyone behind me. This defense is badass. I'm going to take you to the playoffs, and I'm going to freaking win the playoff game because we'll have a home yeah. game. Because I mean, they made the playoffs last year for crying out. Uh, I think it's I think it's fun. I think that Washington football team next year is going to be a good time. Who else? They got somebody at wide receiver, Curtis Samuel. Right, right. Curtis, yeah, that's a huge. That's a huge. Bet. Yeah, and and he played for Ron Rivera, obviously. So that's a big move for them. So Carlos Jackson, uh, Jacksonville also had a great off season so far, bringing in Marvin Jones, bringing in Philip Dorsett. Bringing in Carlos Hyde, I like all three of those moves. Uh, they also brought in Chris Manhurts, Jihad Ward, Shaquille Griffin, Malcolm Brown, Tyson Alulu. They've had a hell of an offseason. They know they're getting Trevor. And this is just year one of the rebuild. They've got draft picks and like $100 million in cap space. Still. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be loaded. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of people around the league that are saying that they're going to be like absolutely loaded for like a decade. I mean, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, if he's Andrew Luck, then yeah. Hey, good for them. Jacksonville deserves it. Uh, Jacksonville's a fun place. If you know, if if Jacksonville's in the playoffs and make and has a home game or whatever, you know, they're they're super North Florida. Uh, you know, they've got some cold nights there. It's a fun atmosphere at that stadium. Oh yeah. Uh, and when they're good, oh my gosh, they're like the fans are absolutely insane. Yeah. Duval Nation. Uh, I'm excited for them. I think it's good uh, for the Jags. It's you know they they they're facing a ton of relocation talks and a lot of relocation jokes. That's always annoying. And if you're good, <laughs> all that stuff goes away. So good for them. Yeah, I, I love what they've done this off season. Um, Jacoby Brissett to the Dolphins. He'll be your guys' new backup. Joe Ross as well to the Giants. They get a speed freak. Talk about Daniel Jones with deep balls. You get one of the fastest guys in the league in Joe Ross. Um, who else we got here? Terod Taylor to Houston. Again, when this happened. This was before the Deshaun news. I was like, okay, maybe that's their starter once they trade Deshaun. Who the hell knows what they're going to do now? No one uh, really knows. 
And uh, by the way, I was totally wrong. Mal- Malcolm Brown went to the uh, the Dolphins, uh, not the Jacksonville Jaguars. I just have it on a list here. I misread yeah, the Malcolm line. Malcolm Brown, I, I think, is going to be good. He, he's he's a guy that averages about four or five yards a carry because he's just a downhill back. And I think that they're what they're doing with that signing is they're going to pair him with the Travis at the end. Yeah. Or a Javonta Williams or a Najee Harris that you're going to see in the draft. That's exciting to me. Super exciting. Yeah. I like Malcolm Brown. I'll tell you what right now. He, he's he's your better uh, Jordan Howard right now because he's gonna, he commands less money and he's also not going to have he, he's just going to put his shoulder into everyone. I was about to say he yeah, is, he's like, a power like, back. Do you need three or two yards on third and three, three or second down or whatever? You just throw him in there. Oh man, I'm telling you, I think it's a great. I think it's a sneaky pick for them. Um, other moves we got Emmanuel Sanders to the Bills. Uh, John Brown Sneed leave, so they bring in. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, good for them. Obviously, Stephon Diggs um, there as well. But you know, losing John Brown and Snead is going to be interesting. See what happens with them. Uh, Jamal Williams, this kind of surprised me. Uh, going to Detroit from Green Bay, I felt like a guy like that who started some games for Aaron Jones and did well, he'd get with a contending team. But he ends up with Detroit. Uh, I don't know how that happens. Michael Brockers to the Lions as well. Will Jackson the third to Washington. You talk about that defense. They get a guy from Cincinnati there as well. Uh, Justin Coleman from Detroit to Miami. Uh, Ted Karras left Miami, goes to New England. A.J. Green as well to Arizona. A lot like J.J. Watt. You know, he's not in his prime anymore. If he can produce just a little bit, good for them. Adam Butler to the Miami Dolphins as well. Rodney Hudson to the Arizona Cardinals. Matt Prater, the kicker from Detroit to Arizona. Morgan Fox to Carolina. Um, Looking for big ones here. Kyle Long uh, to Kansas City. Coming out of retirement. Also, we can finally talk about this. Chicago's stupid. They sign Andy Dalton. Mitch goes to the Bills. They don't know what they're doing. They just don't know what they're doing. Yeah, Chicago's desperate. They, they, they took their best stab at Russell Wilson. I did. There was a report out there that they really did try. They, they were going to give the Seahawks the bag. Some great pieces as well. Uh, there's first rounders up the, up the wazoo, but... They just, you know, the Seahawks are right. I mean, why in the world would I trade the most important position? We're set at this position that's right. so hard to be set at. Yeah, we're not going to overreact at Russell's comments, you know. But, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. They're going to be the same team they were last year, the Bears, is what it is. Yep, uh, Patrick Peterson left Arizona to go to Minnesota. Nice piece for them. Um, Jared Cook to the Chargers. So Hunter Henry leaves. They bring in a tight end to replace him. And Jared Cook, I love that move. Mitch Trubisky, like I said, to Buffalo. Um, Will Fuller. I mean, we didn't even talk about this going to your Dolphins. Will Fuller to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, unbelievably exciting. Uh, I think he's going to be. I, I, what they're trying to do is they're trying to form a mini track team. In, 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 because that's what that's what Tua had at, at Bama. He just had guys that were running and running. And I'm telling you, Will Fuller or Tua, ooh, Will Fuller's going to love it. And Will Fuller said, he said, I can't wait to get down to Florida and throw with Tua. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, we got Philip Lindsay as well, leaving Denver. So Houston doing some weird stuff at running back. I mean, that's they seem to care about running back more than any other position on their team. Uh, Tyler Croft to the New York Jets. Anthony Harris to Philadelphia. Desmond Trufant to the Bears. Jacob Hollister, tight end from Seattle, goes to Buffalo. I like that move. Uh, Anthony Walker to the Cleveland Browns from the Colts. Brashad Perriman to Detroit. Desmond King to Houston. Um... Keelan Cole to the New York Jets, Troy Hill to the Cleveland Browns, um, and that's all I have here on my list. I know there's other stuff that's happened, but for the most part, um, that's been the 
NFL story. We're just waiting for the draft now. It's been, uh, you know, a really interesting NFL offseason. you got quarterbacks moving all over the place. Quarterback movement isn't even done yet. Um, so, yeah. So, CJ, you're confident in your Dolphins. I'm confident in my Giants. And, uh, yeah. So, we're going to have a strictly sports, obviously, before and after the draft. That's uh, one of our favorite times of the year. CJ and I are sitting in his home theater right now. Uh, we're watching the Florida Panthers on the big theater screen. Winning one nothing against the Red Wings. My Rangers are on right now. We got March Madness. We got a packed night, so we're going to go do that stuff. Uh, Steve Cashin and I are going to be recording strictly baseball tomorrow night, uh, and it's going to be uploaded before the first pitch of opening day on Thursday. Strictly hockey will be back soon. We just did strictly Rangers and strictly Yankees. Uh, we're going to try and do one right around opening day as well. Um, so, and and as also shout out to FAU baseball sweeping Marshall four games in three days. Um, that was really awesome, and uh, FAU Al Radio will be back on the call for the April 9th series against ODU, and Steve Cashin, we only got one game in with, him, in with him, we went to the spring game Saturday, missed the doubleheader, he was sick for Sunday, he's coming back for the final series in, in the middle of May against Southern Miss, so that'll be a good time, um, so that'll do it, yep, you can find us on uh, today on YouTube, we only did the audio version as we're sitting in this theater, we don't really have a good filming spot, um, but you can listen to it on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Our other four podcasts are on all those platforms and YouTube as well in the playlist section. You can follow us on Twitter at Strictly Sports P. Um, for CJ Uri, I'm Jacob Brown, and we will see you next time.